1: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation
2: on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Second period, Rangers lead the Ducks 2-1 after the first. Carolina up 2-1 on Nashville, Boston, and the Islanders scoreless. And with seven minutes left in the first, Senators lead Dallas 2-1. Oil Kings against Swift Current at uh, Rogers place. That one starts tonight at seven. Oilers Panthers tomorrow on six thirty Chad. Six thirty for the face off show and the game will start at eight. Reed Wilkins filling in for Bob Stoffer for the last half hour here of Oilers now. Dave Campbell is with me as well. Dave, what's going on? Hey, it's good, man. Well, we'll have Inside Sports uh, between 7 and 8. We're going to have your interview with Evan Dahm about the Elks schedule. Mike Susi is going to join me, Carson's dad from Irma. He's going to talk about the sports scene there and how they put two kids... Out of a relatively small yeah. town, onto the World Junior Selection Camp roster, uh, Scott Ratzlaff, the goalie, made it. Uh, Jagger Furcus uh, did not make it, but still pretty impressive. So that's all coming up between now and eight o'clock. We'll get to our chat with Paul Coffee here, uh, Bob's chat with Paul Coffee in a in a couple of minutes. Um, what do you think last night?
3: <laughs> they did so many things well, the Oilers. You know, and they weather the, the 2 nothing deficit. I mean, Tampa's good. They're, they're good when they want to be good. Um, defensively, they're not good. Goaltending wise, Vasilevsky just yeah. went off. Uh, and he still scored four. What's disappointing to me is all Stuart Skinner had to do was just make routine saves and he, he didn't do it. But I think there's a massive overreaction about his performance. He was a 935 save percentage goaltender 7 games prior. Right. He had a tough night. Now that being said, you know, I don't mind that if, you know, you and I were talking about, do you start picker tomorrow or do you go back to Skinner? I don't mind challenging Skinner by going back to Picker who I think has earned more starts. So, we'll see. All right, look. When you're on a long winning streak that, like that, it's it it becomes harder to keep that level up. Right. Now I see this team they're 13-13 and 1. All right. So now you got a you got a base here, right? You you kind of reset your season. They're two points out of a playoff spot. Okay. They're only three points off the pace from last year. Their so own pace, yeah. And yeah. I don't know if they can keep up this crazy goals per sixty stat because they are far and away, they are crushing teams yeah. in that stat a stat, statistical category. But I'm not I'm not overly worried here. I, I really am not. Now if they lose tomorrow, okay, you can't lose on Tuesday.
2: No, I mean they, they can't afford a, a ten game slump like they've already had. That's the bad thing to starting the season that way. They're playing more like the team of last year. Uh, with some tweaks by Knobloch, who I think has done a good job teaching them, and again, I'm not saying Woody didn't, but th- there's a slightly different approach that seems to be working. Um, to be Skinner is a good goalie. Mm-hmm. Is he a great goalie? No. He may never be a great national hockey. League and it doesn't goalie. Have there's to only be. about five or six of those at a time. Yeah, he doesn't have to. Um, be. You got to be good when they need you to be good, and they needed him to be good in the third period last night, and he wasn't quite good enough. But I also think you. I mean, every shift counts. By the end of the game, I think sometimes I don't think I know when we talk about sports, we often talk about end game situations more than earlier game situations, which I get. But also, you know, Leon Draisaitl can't t- shouldn't be taking a penalty in the first minute, mm-hmm. tripping a guy. Yeah, you know, then you're down one nothing early because you give them a power play, and they they attacked well in the first period, but they they made some errors. If that first period is scoreless, I would say the Withers probably win the game, Mm -hmm. right? If they come out and play like that in the second period. So every every shift counts in the end. Uh, I I know there's going to be talk about the Withers goaltending, well, into perpetuity probably. Uh, But I mean, no, I I enjoyed that text read, uh, the text Bob read about going after Markstrom. Mm -hmm. I think that's really interesting. Mooner was right. You probably got to give up a lot. Yeah. but they they need a better second option in my mind than Pickard and certainly is Campbell because we know even if Campbell comes back there's gonna be so much uneasiness with him in there mm-hmm. and you know again if if you had somebody this sounds crazy that we're even talking about this it was again it was a listener suggestion if you had somebody like Markstrom well then that's that could be a really strong tandem. Now mm-hmm. I don't know how if you can afford that or afford to make that trade, but that that was an outside the box text that we appreciate.
3: Well, they're definitely in it, and, you know Bob referenced it uh, at the top of the show and he referenced it with Frank Saravalli. Um, and and Frank mentioned it too that you got teams like Tampa and Florida that don't care about futures. Right. I think the Oilers are in that category now. It, it's win now. They got to win now. They're in the window. And if you got to trade a first round pick, you got to trade other higher picks you're going to do it to try and win so we saw last year with the ekholm deal you know that was a that was a wild trade man that really worked out for the oilers and i think you're going to see that out of the box thinking again uh, the closer we get the deadline but it's interesting can the goaltending situation be resolved by february can it realistically be resolved by then when the schedules gets tighter and and get uh, much busier
2: well, and that's and that's when you're really good. I mean, they've been lucky here with the games spaced out. Skinner can play almost all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Pickers only started two games. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I I still think Campbell will get another look in the NHL, and then they'll have to go from there and see what they could do.
3: And you know, one more here is you know we're overreacting to Skinner. I think a little bit. Some people are. Again, in a seven-game stretch, it was a 9.35 save percentage. But the problem with Skinner is that games like last night happen. And sometimes they happen at the wrong time. They happen way too often in the playoffs last year. So that's what you worry about. But I'm with you. He's a solid goaltender.
2: All right. Let's go to uh, Bob's interview here with Paul Coffey. It's Throwback Friday with Oilers assistant coach Paul Coffey, presented by Conlon Motorsports. They'll help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online at conlonmotorsports.ca. Well, the first question I have for you
0: is, how are you liking it now that you've been behind the bench uh, at you know the NHL level for the last month plus? Um, well, Bob, I've
4: enjoyed it from day one. Um, I think, and you know, I mentioned all the time, anytime you get a front row seat to watch the greatest game in the world it's pretty cool and. Uh, to watch our players, Connor and company, night in and night out and see them on the ice and practice and in the game and see their game improving is uh, pretty great to watch and there's uh, some great players on the other teams as well. But from a from a coaching standpoint, it's been fun. These guys are good players, or are listeners and that's all I ask.
0: Yesterday, John Cooper uh, was asked about Chris Knobloch and he said, I, I don't know Chris personally, but I have a bunch of players that have played for him, some of whom won Stanley Cups. And uh, they say he's a good coach and then he joked, he goes, As much as I want to say he sucks, it's pretty clear where this guy is headed. And I bring this up because Wyatt Johnson uh, did an interview uh, with Jeff Merrick last season and talked uh, about the impact that he uh, felt that you uh, provided him as a as a coach. And you you did, and I guess that's the thing. You did coach before, just not necessarily as an NHL uh, bench assistant. Is it? dramatically different than uh, towards the tail end, or, or is hockey hockey at the end of the day, Paul? Well, it would probably be super arrogant to
4: say it's not different, but it isn't. I mean, I just I just view it the same way as teaching nine-year-olds or 25 or 26-year-olds. I mean, these guys are at this level because they're good players. I mean, I've told our defense six and a half, seven guys when Broby was here and that you guys are good players, you're here for a reason, and uh, I expect you to make plays, and, you know, it's not just me. I'm not taking credit for anything. I mean, Chris has done an incredible job implementing a pretty consistent system that uh, everybody follows, you know. Gully does a great job with the power play. Stewie does a great job with the penalty kill, which helps everybody else out. But I've just tried to get the mentality from our defensemen that what we do matters. And if we don't do it well, it's really going to matter, probably in a
0: loss column. I do believe that coaches can breed confidence in players, especially offensive confidence in players. And one of the way they do is mistakes happen in the game react to the mistakes, just don't consistently make the mistakes over and over again. You reacted right away when I said that coaches can breed confidence in players, and you played for a guy like that, Glenn Sather, who could do that. And when you guys were all young and coming up, I'll let you grow a little bit. So have you taken any of that sort of sense, or is that part of your mantra in terms of, because it appears as though uh, the defense, I love seeing teams break the puck up the middle of the ice. That's what good teams do. Uh, and it's more often my transition and transporting, letting the puck do the work but I'd like to get your thoughts on that Well for starters, from day
4: one I told these guys that nobody made more mistakes than me and I had a 21 year career in the league mistakes will happen if we make them time over time, then we got to have a conversation about it but, you know, interesting Bob, you talk about hockey sense and you know, people always say you can't teach hockey sense, but you can certainly encourage it, and that's what I've done with these guys, encourage them to make plays, they're all good skaters, uh And, you know, from day one, I said to him to our D, you want to get Connor and Leon to like you? They said, yeah. I said, we'll put it on their stick. Stop putting it around the boards. It'll help our game in general. But again, this goes back to Chris. Chris wants a puck control team, which was music to my ears. He doesn't want us put, making the uh, making the survival plays. He wants us making plays that matter. And it's, uh, for me, on the back end with these guys, because they're good players, it's easy um, to just
0: encourage it every single night. You know, it's interesting. As we're joined by Oilers assistant coach Paul Coffey, Bob Stock. With you on orders now, uh, Paul's our headliner today for Will Hawk Beef Jerky. You know, Paul, for me, like it, it, we look at Nurse, and you know, he's he's blessed athletically with what he can do, and uh, and then we look at Evan Bouchard, and we know he's got elite offensive instincts, and he's really on a heater right now. But the guy for me, in terms of the puck skills, that's seen the most dramatic improvement, has been Vincent DeHarnay. Like, uh, you know, he's there's a guy who's a great penalty killer, but he seems to be gaining confidence by leaps and bounds when he's got the puck.
4: Yeah, he has. And, you know, Vinny made a play in the second period last night, made a nice uh, step up on their blue line and then tried to do a little bit too much, and they went the other way. But those things... uh Those those things will happen. Um, I think the the worst thing you can do as a coach is put a guy in a box and tell him this is what you expect and this is all you can do. And you know, with Vinny from day one, and Bush, and uh, and Eki and 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 Kulak, I've just tried to give them confidence to make plays and uh, do what they can do best. And you know, it's happened to date. Um, but like I said, if these, uh, I wrote on a piece of paper uh, coming into Edmonton when I, when I took the position. I said, if these guys are willing to listen, learn, and change, we're going to have a good time. And that's what I kind of told them from day one. But I also said to them that I want to learn from you guys. So uh, we're all in this together. And again, Chris, from the top down, has done an incredible job allowing me to do my job. And
0: uh, we're going to keep getting better. We had uh, Brian Ingram on the show yesterday. I did not know this, that he uh, made the 1981 Canada Cup team. And I did not know you were cut on that team coming off your brilliant uh, rookie season in which, you you know, really evolved during the course of the playoffs. Um there is something to be said for osmosis. Peter Zosky wrote about it in the Game of Our Lives about all oh, you guys kind of improved because you got to practice and play with Wayne Gretzky at the tempo and base you did. He was in Montreal. They had the big three Robinson and Savard and LaPointe. And he said guys like uh, he and Rod Langley really benefited from that. And is that something part of the transition that you get? Can, it can't all come from the coach, it has to be a little bit from some of the key players as well. Who was the, uh, who was the sixth defenseman
4: on that team? Bill Nyrop. Oh, that was good. Minnesota. Just like Mark Stewart here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you listen. We, we, I've always said in the 80s, for us, getting a chance to have to stop three on twos in practice or two on ones or two on twos against Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, Curry Anderson, et cetera, et cetera, made us all better players. And for these guys on the Oilers right now, watching what our leader our captain does every single day should be uh should be an eye opener for everybody um you know just just to watch his preparation his work ethic will only make you a better player and you know a coach can only do so much but peer pressure is uh is
0: the biggest compliment and the biggest eye opener for any player in the place paul Coffey has been our oilers throwback today for conlin motorsports you're listening to oilers
2: now All right, so that's Bob talking to Paul Coffey. Interesting interview. Uh, You know, Paul saying, no one made more mistakes than me. You just can't have them pile up and uh, just some attitudes there about uh, get the puck to connor and leon don't ring it around the boards and we've seen the Oilers using the middle of the ice more lately and it's certainly translated into a lot of offensive pressure and a lot of shots on goal good stuff there with paul Coffey, reed wilkins sitting in for bob stoffer here this last uh, half hour dave campbell is as well and we will get to this day in oilers history when we get back to oilers now Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton
1: Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630
2: Chat. All right, thanks for tuning in. Oh, it's Friday night. People are probably partying already. Reed Wilkins in for Bob Stoffer. What's Bob doing? Is that the Oil Kings game? He's like hosting people? Yes. He's in a suite, apparently. Is he serving hors d'oeuvres? I don't what see... What would you do if you went to a party and Bob Stoffer was your waiter? Or he was the hors d'oeuvre guy, or the person walking around with the champagne flutes. That's what they're called, right? Uh, I believe so. <laughs> the glasses of champagne mm. on a platter. He'd be you know, very... Like when you see James Bond at a, par- at a you know a soiree. Yeah. Then the waiter comes up, and then the waiter turns out to be like an evil spy. Bob wouldn't be that. It would just be Bob. He would be very chatty. Oh, Bob could be maybe a Bond henchman. Uh, oh, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Odd Bob. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do you expect me to die? No, Aunt Bob. I expect you to tell me some obscure Oilers stats. <laughs> and or, trade proposals. Or this day at Oiler's history. Courtesy New West Travel. Join an exclusive fourteen day trip to Newfoundland in June. Do we say Newfoundland or Newfoundland? No, you say Newfoundland. In June to see the iceberg festival. Woo called Newfoundland. <laughs> Call New West Traveler. Visit newwesttravel.com. What happened, Dave?
3: All right. This day in 1984, a young man by the name of Wayne Gretzky scores five goals as an assist to register his. This is in 1984. 31st
2: career hat trick. 8 2. Oilers went over the Blues at the old St. Louis Arena. Oh, wow. So last night, Steve Stamkos got four goals. First four goal game. That yeah. was what his 12th career hat trick. Yes. So he probably, as great as goes is, he probably won't get to 20 in his career. No. Gretzky had 31 in five years. That's crazy. Of course, <laughs> and, and counting. offense back then. There was more offense. The goaltending was not as refined as it is now either. No, You watch old goaltending footage, and it's it makes you want to cry. It it's was not bad. great. It's not <laughs> great. Now, of course, there were some great offensive players in that era, in Edmonton and elsewhere. Yes, And I think we're, in a, well, I don't think we are in an offensive era now with And there were awesome goaltenders then. Mm -hmm. But you look at average goaltending in the 80s. I mean, you watch some of the... Even the Stanley Cup final with the Oilers and the Islanders, there are some shots that are about the velocity of a pass. Yes. And a goalie would try to time. He'd turn his skate sideways and try to time the kick save. And if you're off, <laughs> you, it goes in. <laughs> it was, different. It was yeah. different. The technique was... Well, it used to be don't go down. Don't go down. Don't well, go down. There's one goal. No butterfly. No butterfly.
3: When the Oilers upset the Montreal Canadiens, there's a, there's a clip of... We've all seen it. Gretzky steals the puck. And he cuts in and just inside the blue line and just a simple little wrister. And the goalie is like uh, spreading out his leg. He didn't
2: even go to the ground. He just no. kind of moved his leg and went, oh, well, it went in. Well, I missed it. Yeah. Horrible. What more could have I done? Now, we should also say their equipment was not, did not take up as much room either. <laughs> no, it did no, not. So that's, yeah. we should point that out as well. Okay, is that the end of this show? Yes, but you have to stay. Okay, I'm going to do another show. Okay. Inside Sports from 7 to 8. Kellen's going to stay with me as well. All right, so tomorrow, 6.30 face-off show game at 8. Oilers hosting the Florida Panthers' last home game of 2023 because their final six games in December That's right. are all going to be on the road. Dave, thanks for uh, filling in for Escott today as well. Happy to do it. Kellen Kennedy's your studio producer on the other side of the window. Yeah, we'll have the news and weather here. I'll join you for Inside Sports. Stick around, baby.
1: Oilers now with Bob Stoffer brought to you by World of Spas Edmonton's number 1 hot tub and swim spa dealer the ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio 630 Chad C-H-E-D, Edmonton. Proud to be the official voice of double-E football, your Edmonton else 630 Chad, Edmonton's news. Today's talk. A Chorus Entertainment Radio Station.